0: This is Two Girls, One Mike, the show that talks about the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. Welcome to Two Girls, One Mike, the porn cast that wants your dick to get down and give us 20. (laughs) I'm your co-host, Yvette Dantremont, and here's my lovely, fabulous co-host who is having a fantastic hair day, Alice Vaughn. Alice, how the fuck are you doing today, baby?
1: I feel like I'm having a fantastic like cleavage day, too, because even though...
0: Can you stand up a bit? I need to. It's I need to evaluate this as your co-host and lesbian life partner. If we were lesbians, that is a good cleavage day. I'll, I'll give you. We will, Thelma and Louises, but without the death into up. the sunset. It's hetero life, mate. We're we're each other's Jay and Silent Bob, except it's, it's more like occasionally you interrupt me more than once to say no ticket.
1: But, uh, (laughs) yeah, I mean, even though I'm part of the itty-bitty titty club, I find that what's nice about having the top of a 12-year-old ballerina girl, my boobs (laughs) are going to be perky till I'm like 40, Right? I want to say, maybe. I am likewise, like, now that I, with the amount of weight I've lost, they're like,
0: they're not quite filling up my B-cups anymore, but I'm like, you know what, they're not going to be in my socks. But there are advantages to all size boobies and all boobies that I've seen in my life. They're just all different flowers of joy. They're yeah. just, they're wonderful. I have never had a
1: complaint about a boob that I have seen in my life. I've never heard someone complain about boobs. What kind of person is that? No. Don't have that person in your life. You know what? Here's the thing. I think I went
0: until like my late 20s being uncomfortable with my boobs. and I know a ton of women like that. Like we see certain sizes and shapes of them and we're told these are the good boobs. And then something, something magical happens and eventually you realize, oh... There's not a boob type that men like it's just boobs. They are good. They're all what it's you see enough of them and you go, I like those. I also like that they are very different. I like them. Exactly. And then you realize eventually I have good boobs too. So we have a guest today who has voluptuous breasts, though. (laughs) Who has amazing (laughs) boobs. Speaking of boobs, she has enough boobs for the three of us combined. But it's pretty amazing to watch them on her herself. We have a legend on today. And I was so excited uh, when I watched a, a brief documentary on her on Vice about... Her porno boot camp. Alice, let's introduce our, our guest today.
1: Today on the show, we have Samantha Mack. And Samantha, actually, the porno boot camp is exactly how I heard about you. I think Tommy retweeted it, it was shot by Vice Canada. Yep. It sure was. So how did this whole thing come about? Well,
2: a long time ago, I was working with a director called Anna Lee. She's not called Anna Lee. Her name is Anna Lee. <laughs> and she um, she needed new... You can never talent. tell with porn. It might be a porn name. <laughs> it's actually her name she needed new talent. And we had a lot of people applying who didn't have a lot of experience. And she kind of voluntold me that I was doing porno boot camp. So she sent a couple to me and she's like, go see Sam. She works with amateurs. She runs like a porno (laughs) boot camp and she'll help you get the skills you need to get hired. And so I didn't want to make her out to be a liar. So I was like, yeah, come on over. I teach (laughs) porno boot camp.
0: That is an interesting thing for a friend to wholeheartedly trust you with. She will make your dick better. That is... It, I didn't want to make her a liar, so it had to be true, so... She is the dick better upper. Like, whew,
1: that She's is, the dick whisperer. You need business cards that say that. Right. Sam Mack, dick whisperer. I will make you those business cards. Just send me your... Uh, actually, I have your mailing address. I'll send you just a... Like 500 this Dick whispers. This is
2: happening. Yes.
0: <laughs> just to clarify, we're saying this all because we love what you do. This is just incredible to us, and we, we dig it so much.
1: Yeah, because we review porn all the time, but, you know, we've always kind of wanted to know a little bit b- more behind the scenes of what training is involved, why certain men are cut out for the job, and yeah. some men just aren't. And, you know, watching the porno boot camp, which we will absolutely link in the show notes for all of our yeah. listeners to you watch. guys have
0: to watch this it's like i want to see more behind the scenes on this like this has made me have so many more questions yeah <laughs> these guys just at one point there's just kind of a challenge like the big thing in the video is there's a challenge of getting through eight minutes of being blown without coming and you know getting through all the distractions like and they it's like you are getting blown by the best women in the industry can you handle it i'm like this is a reality <laughs> show waiting to happen how has Rupert Murdoch not jumped on this? I'm a horrible person and I know it. Okay.
1: Well, I mean, if Yvette, Roger Ailes jumped on it. That's how all the Fox oh, News women were hired. Let's be honest. If hell exists, I'm
0: going there. All right. But I will have friends.
1: If the Fox News headquarters exists, this challenge also exists there, too.
2: Oh, my God. Oh, no. I'm going to get a phone call from Fox. Uh,
1: Info at Two Girls, One Mike is where you
0: should send all hate mail, by the way, where we will totally respond to it as though we
1: care. (laughs) So, Sam, how hard is it for a guy while getting blown to come to the as close to the eight minute mark as possible?
2: So what you see in the Vice documentary is what we consider level two. Oh. There's like 13 courses, but <gasps> what you saw was level two. He's like beat the first boss. He's on to the next castle. Yes. And then in the end, you have to fight King Koopa.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wait, what's King Koopa? I got it. Oh, it's my vagina. <laughs> I would have thought like more that not that your vagina is not sufficient. I would have thought like it would have been a triple anal thing or something like really. <laughs> but like. But you know what? That is a tall mountain to climb and I am impressed. I'm only half joking on that.
1: <laughs> at that point you just rename it King Fupa.
2: Oh my god! Oh, I'm stealing
1: that. You're allowed.
2: I love it. <laughs> that is perfect. But yeah, no, we um we start off with the guys coming in and just doing like a solo interview with us and then we do a timed like a one-on-one timed hand job to see if they can come at the 8-minute mark. And the 8-minute mark is less than half of what's actually required. So we start them mm-hmm. off really easy because what we've noticed is a lot of guys last... their fastest guy was 35 seconds. The average is between three and six minutes. Or we get the opposite end of the spectrum where a guy cannot come in like an hour. They get a one-hour oh, time man. slot to ask all their questions, fill out all the paperwork, and if they cannot finish oh, within shit. 1 hour That we're like you need to go home and practice like watch some porn figure out what will get you there mentally Yeah, and then they get to go to what we call musical dicks which is what was in the vice documentary it was a musical dicks ses- session and the vice documentary was the first time we allowed talent to give oral pleasure it used to only be hand jobs but for the vice documentary we wanted to spice it up a little bit so we allowed girls to use their mouths or everyone was tested so they could use any parts of their bodies to distract the men.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just for our audience's sake, uh, explain a little bit what musical dicks uh, entails.
2: Oh, yeah. Okay. So if you guys haven't seen the video, Musical Dicks is really fun.
0: Entice them into wanting to see this video, which is you guys have to see this. Even
1: with the description, you have to see this. Here's a kicker. You still played the musical song, Pop Goes the Weasel. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so Musical Dicks evolved because, okay, we've been doing this for three years. So all the different versions of Porn and boot Camp have evolved because we've seen either problems or areas where we can get better and we've changed it. So Musical Dicks started because a lot of guys were coming to Porn and boot Camp just because they wanted to get their dinks touched not because they wanted to be performers and so by putting a bunch of naked men in a room side by side you weed out who wants to perform and who's actually trying hard versus who just wants their dink touched so that's where musical dicks came from it was dudes being like i don't want to be naked in a room with another guy and we're like well then get out get out (laughs) because there are going to be men in the room when you get to a porn set there's a boom mic and a camera person, a director and somebody running around making sure there's enough lube for everyone. And, you know, you're probably at somebody else's location. So the owner's usually there or there's a manager like it's there's a lot of people behind the scenes, somebody holding up a reflector to make sure the light is right on the taint. You really got to get in there. Oh, yeah. And if we're shooting multiple scenes a day, the other talent's usually sitting in the background watching, like silently cheering you on. So there can be 10 people behind the scenes for a three person scene. So that's why we created Musical Dicks. You have to be comfortable in a room with other people, both men and women. There's no room for homophobia whatsoever. Nice. So the guys line up and you usually have more guys than girls. That's the trick. And each girl picks a partner. And for one minute, you do whatever you can to your partner to get them to ejaculate. And their job is to wait until they hear the buzzer to ejaculate. So no matter what you do, no matter how. And the
0: men have consented to this, of course. Just... Yes.
2: Oh, yeah. We have a 90-minute consent talk beforehand. We fill out a code of conduct form. We have huge interviews that you see beforehand.
0: Do they have things they can sign off that are off limits for them? Yes, everybody,
2: okay. everybody goes through a giant consent talk. So that's not in the Vice documentary because it's boring. Yeah. Um, but it's very important. These are things that's good for. For our audience to know that yeah, consent and code of conduct are the two main things. Like the bulk of our time right. is talking about like what you're okay with. And we always ask, does your wife or girlfriend know you're here? Get the fuck out.
1: I wouldn't even have thought to ask that, but it makes total sense. Yeah. You're trying to keep yes. an ethical uh,
0: group there, which is, have you ever had a wife or girlfriend show up screaming? Not
2: Through porno boot camp in previous years, like going back 10 years, I would have wives or girlfriends or boyfriends or husbands call me and be like, I want that video taken down. I don't want my boyfriend to have done this. And I'm like, whoa, like he didn't even tell me, like he applied or he paid for the position or yikes. That's why we bring it up right away. And I was like, if you have any secrets, if it is important for you to have no one know that you had your bits touched by me or anyone in my production, then you should not be here because the internet will tell them. (laughs) Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah.
2: So we're very upfront.
1: Oh, the internet has no secrets.
0: No. Your junk is forever. Yeah. I did a tiny little bit of latex modeling and the pictures were online. And years later, I went into writing about science for a living and people who didn't like one of my articles blasted those pictures. And eventually I was just like, fuck it. I looked great. Yeah. <laughs> but like people attach a uh, a meeting and what they want onto that. And you are
1: forevermore that person who had their dick out. Eight million people have seen me come on a motor bunny. So that's oh, proud of you. including my dad hey that was a great orgasm and they enjoyed it and so did you my parents were so not proud of me but it's okay
2: oh my god my parents are my (laughs) biggest fan is that weird i wish my parents like helped me decorate the studio (laughs) nice
0: awesome (laughs) my mom knows i swear at people for a living and she could not be prouder yes you took what you were good at naturally and worked it into a thing that you could make you money yeah good job it took that for my relatives in Nova Scotia to be okay with me swearing. <laughs> oh,
2: oh you're from Nova Scotia.
0: That's just a little bit of the accent, eh? Oh, it's so cute. It's, I can't tell if that's Minnesota or if that's like Nova Scotia. It just has a little bit of the aboot. They're kind of the same. It's a little bit of the aboot, but they're also French. They ha- it's. I have like the, we're Acadian. Like they're almost genetically the same as the Cajuns. Slightly different accent. But back to stuff that's not about genealogy. <laughs>
1: For a hot second, I have to ask. So, Sam, you're in Canada. I oh, was yeah. not aware there was a Canadian hotspot for
2: porn, right? Well, a long, long time ago, on a day <laughs> just like this, we were a Canadian hotspot for porn. And some people didn't do paperwork properly, and some things went sideways, and the industry out here got shut down. And no. I mean, we're going back decades now. So, oh, wow. Companies like Brazzers and Pornhub and I believe I Want Clips are Canadian companies. They started in Canada, but now they all run out of the States. And I'm finding that there's a lot of people up here, people in Canada who, who want to be important, who think it's exciting, but we all think it has to be in LA. And right now it kind of does for the most part. And I mm-hmm. want to change that. I want companies nice. to come shoot here. We've shot with five or six different big name companies up here and- It's been a lot of fun. And they're like, hey, if you have a roster of talent, I'm going to come up here more. We're going to shoot with you more. So that's where Porn Bootcamp came from, was I was training people to get on this roster of talent so we could shoot up here in Vancouver more often. And it was, if you go to macmodels.ca, you can see there's a link called As Seen On, and you can see some of the amazing talent we've worked with. We've worked with some, some superstars and we're so, so, so lucky. But I was like, this could be a regular thing if we have what they need and what they need is a roster of capable talent. So how do we get that? Porno boot camp.
1: Love the segue. Nice. So much Easy better one. than my own. <laughs> you mentioned it's like a 12 step program. So it's uh, already sounds way better than AA. First is admitting that you have a problem. <laughs> yes. First is admitting
2: that you have a boner. Ah!
1: Second is finding Jesus, specifically Jesus. Eventually is admitting that you are powerless to your boner.
2: That's some dominatrix stuff right there.
0: (laughs) Seeking out a higher power to control your boner. See, Samantha, you were just someone's higher power. You're boner Jesus. (gasps) That's my
1: business card. (laughs) There you go. Boner Jesus. There we go. You know, the Romans just killed Jesus because they didn't want him competing with the wine industry. That's all I'm saying. Oh! (laughs) No? Too dark? Sorry, Christians. She's
0: not sorry. I'm really not. No, she makes crayons that are offensive. So not sorry. Sam, we're going to get along. Uh, So (laughs) I'm learning so much about you. (laughs) When we're all in the same part of the universe, hanging out will occur.
2: Uh, So by the way, do you only train men talent or males and females? So I train men and women and Vice actually filmed a female session. It just hasn't come out yet. You've only seen the men's level two. You haven't seen it all. We've just slightly lifted the veil. So excited. Yeah. I work with women a lot and we also help women like open their own websites and clip sites and fan sites so that they can profit off their own butts instead of being owned and operated by somebody else.
0: So their vagina is an LLC. I like that. Yeah.
2: But yeah, we do a whole class, like our 13th class, our final class is about opening your own sites, running yourself as a business, what you need, what different colored backgrounds and font on your website will invoke different feelings from people and what your audience is more attracted to and how to do search engine optimization, like all that. Wow. So we get down to like the nitty gritty, like how to do record keeping. Can
0: I skip the porn classes and come in and get the SEO stuff?
2: Like, can I just drop in? You can come to anything you want. You can come every day, hun.
0: (laughs) Well, I I try to come every day, but could I just drop in for the SEO stuff? Yeah, Swing on by to Canada.
2: Because of the Vice documentary, we realized that there's a lot of people from a lot of different areas that are either really interested or maybe kind of interested. So we wanted to make it more inclusive. So that's why we broke it down to 13 different classes. And people can sign up for just one, all 13. It doesn't matter. Out of those classes, we're kind of handpicking who we want to work with more to get on our roster to do work. So if a couple wants to just come for one class and just laugh at each other while we're talking about dildos, that's okay. If they want to perform and go further, well, we can discuss that. But it's not, you don't take porn of boot camp because you want to be a porn star. You take porn of boot camp because maybe you just want to talk about stretching your asshole for a day.
0: Which I'm just saying, I'm getting there. Moving on. I'm picturing this ending up on the app masterclass yes Eventually.
2: oh my god i hope so
0: i want a ted talk as well I picture this ending it's going to be like you know here's neil gaiman on writing here's here's gordon ramsey teaches cooking here's samantha mac on maintaining a boner with a
1: guy next to you i think people need to see all these things yeah how do we request masterclasses can our entire audience just email the masterclass people yeah yes that's how you do it
0: <laughs> i download masterclass if i had this on there i need to see this this is amazing.
1: I love hearing though that you have specific classes for men, specific classes for women, and it kind of wraps up in a nice industry-oriented way on how to promote yeah. yourself.
0: Yeah, because it's a harder industry to, to maintain your finances and then it used or it's a different industry now than it used to be. It's oh, can you yeah. speak on that a little bit?
2: Well, the industry has changed. Um thanks to free sharing sites, the way that we make money is different. We're not just selling holes doing things anymore we're selling intimacy and interaction fans are now following one specific performer who they feel is attractive or arousing or has that thing that they like and they follow everything that person does you can go on twitter and you can talk to barack obama tomorrow if you really really want to so not that he's a porn performer it's just the first name that came to my mind but if he wanted to be of course you know someone a big, powerful black man him. comes to mind <laughs> I would
1: so watch
0: Barack porn. If there was a Barack Obama lookalike who's doing porn, I would tune
1: into that hard light bulb. (laughs) Oh yeah, Michelle Obama's arms, yes. Oh Oh,
0: yeah. If there are doppelgangers, were because I'm just saying, I don't think a sex tape of them is coming out. They seem to have their shit together, but if their doppelgangers were to
2: do porn, I would tune in. I have no words and only moans for that. (gasps) That's so (laughs) good. so good but yeah we're selling intimacy interaction because the internet changed social media changed and so now people will follow me because they like me and they'll follow anything I do they're not just following one company you're not just finding your porn on browsers anymore now you're going all over the place and what's fun about girls and well and men it used to be just girls who like if a girl had a website, you would follow her. But now it's it's men, it's women, it's couples, it's transgender, it's everything. If you have a niche, it is on the internet. If you get off on sucking the farts out of somebody's asshole, you can find that on the internet and you will find a whole group of other people who like it. There's someone
0: making fart sucking specifically from a step-sibling. Like there's every single category
2: of porn in step family form. This is 2019. It's all step family. Step family is one of the things I don't touch on. I did two step family videos and I was like, you know what? I don't want to encourage this behavior in someone's real life. This is so weird. I got some fan mail that was pretty disturbing. And I was like, I will not do taboo or incest videos of any kind anymore. It just does not sit well with me. You're the unsung hero. You're the real MVP. (laughs) Thank you. I also don't like doing cheating wife.
1: Cheating wife, yes Stepbrother, stepsister, pass
2: Yeah, but I also, like, my mom and dad are still married So, you know, I can't really relate to Finding a stepmom attractive I don't have one, so <laughs> If you want to be my stepmom and change my mind You can call me at 1-800 <laughs> Well, I mean, in porn universe, who knows
1: Maybe I will be your stepmom <laughs>
2: You're younger than me. <laughs> exactly.
1: It's porn exactly. universe.
0: Anything can happen. Oh, Just God. Put the right extensions and costumes on, and whew, who knows? We become milfs after we're 29, right? I thought that's was porn 35. number five. I'm 36. I'm a gilf at this point in the porn universe. As I like to say, I am past age preventative Botox. I am old. Oh. I've accepted it, all right? I'm all right with it. I'm just,
1: I'm old. Sam, other than the marketing, seems like you have classes on anal. It seems like you have some classes pertaining to toys and erections. Any other
2: snippets of some other classes you could share with us? Yes, I have the list in front of me. Now, I don't necessarily teach these classes. Some of these I bring in experts because I don't know everything. Shocking, I know. So we start off really simple with a class called do it yourself, which is about solo XXX performances. So it's just you and a camera. What do you do? And so you'll see that in our vice coverage of the girl session where girls sit in front of the camera. They're in front of a VR camera and they go, okay, go. And the girls are like, hi, my name is Samantha and I'm so happy you're here. And I don't know what to say. And they just lose it. And it's very nerve wracking being in front of a camera and being told to just go perform. So we have a class on that, how to move in front of the camera. And we do it for both men and women and everything in between. We cater to all colors of the rainbow, whatever your kink or is. We try to be as inclusive as possible. So our solo performance class is just you in front of a camera by yourself. How do you keep their attention? And so that one's really, really fun. And we laugh a lot and it's super embarrassing and <laughs> it is a journey. But what I like about this is if you are on Pornoboo camp, and you're willing to be on the website, we'd show your beginning, your middle, and your end. So we show the progression and we try to lift wow. you up as somebody who has learned and become good instead of someone who's like, oh, they came in 35 seconds. They're useless. Bye.
0: It's like a boner <sighs> montage. I'm picturing the Rocky theme song in the background yes. and someone like climbing up the steps with like a proud boner and then like spurting, like that could be the commercial for it. I it's like just someone like, you know, up the stairs and at the end, just, you know, pfft. There. I need you Come on my here. creative team. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this is Alice and I. We we do silly things for fun and for profit. So if you ever need a thing, give us a call.
1: All I'm hearing is you need to include more Eye of the Tiger montages. Yes. So Eye of the Tiger montage with Dick. <laughs>
0: That's, there has to be a yes. Rocky parody out there somewhere. Is there a Rocky parody?
1: I'm sure
2: there is. And we'll review it
1: eventually.
2: Okay. Sorry. Anyways, class, class, class. Okay, so yeah, we have classes on stills. One of the big things that you do on a porn set is you you show up, you go through your script, you go through your staging and they'll tell you, the director will tell you, I want you in missionary, then flip to doggy, then you're going to do this line. I want you to say this. I want you to do that. And so we run through it. And then once you know which positions you're going to be and you map it out on whichever furniture you're using, we then take stills. So the pictures that you see on the box cover are not taken during the action. They are set up photos and how to do that. And it gets even more difficult. So you put three people in a room and we're like, okay, give me a sex still. You have to learn how to turn your body out, how to face the camera, but still look oh, like you're yeah. into your partner. How to stack your fingers and push against the base of the cock so the dick looks as long as possible. So you're showing as much shaft as possible. Oh, my God. Because uh, oh. you don't want to just grab it and like cover it because then he looks like he's got a tiny little wiener. That doesn't make anyone want to buy the video. So we teach you like all these little techniques. Those are little
0: things that I've never thought about.
2: Yeah. And what? how to like – You get partnered with somebody that you might not know or maybe that you, like, aren't really good friends with and you have to make them look good and they have to make you look good. You know, how to put your arms around a woman's waist without giving her a muffin top. So we do a whole class with professional photographers. Oh, I want that class. It's a good class for, like, anybody who wants to be, like, next level Instagram. (laughs) Like, here's how to pose with people. Next level sex tape.
0: Yes. I want my sex tape to get rid of my back fat.
2: (laughs) And like there's positions that we teach people, like if a girl lies on her back and her tits are natural and they fall under her armpits, how to like scoop her and hold her in a way that her body is what? like most elegantly framed what? during the sex. Yes, we care about you looking good on camera. We don't care if it feels good. We don't care if you have an orgasm unless you're the guy. We only care that you look good and we make a beautiful product.
0: You're a legend. <laughs> this is a This is fascinating. I feel like if we were, like, so Middle East peace and just handed it to you, you'd be, you'd be like, well,
2: someone said I was good at it, so I should do it. <laughs> that's how I fell into everything. I mean, that's my next challenge. <laughs> I mean, after <laughs> Pornhubu camp has been conquered, I'll have to move on to st- making peace in the Middle East. I'm sure I can you do know, it. You know,
0: Syria is a kind of a clusterfuck, but we can sort it out between, like, six different arguing camps. We can do
1: this. Yes. I mean, Trump thought Kushner could do it. Pfft, Samantha Mac, Better.
0: Way better, Samantha Mac can make your tits look good during missionary. She can sort out Syria. Yes. <laughs> I'm just saying if you have any women have tried Samantha Mac has mastered it. I think Syria is next.
2: Uh, I'm gonna end up with like a weird phone call tomorrow from Fox. <laughs>
0: Hate mail to info at twogirls com. How Samantha Mac is single-handedly solving <laughs> crimes. They're going to be like, so do you support uh, Trump's recent comments?
2: Oh, God, this is going to end really, really bad or really, really well for me.
0: We have gotten far less hate mail on the ridiculous things we've said that have touched on politics than I would have expected, I think, because our audience understands
1: that they're jokes. How Samantha Mack redrew the Israeli-Palestinian border. What it's actually (laughs) supposed to look like. This is a giant dick. (laughs) You're welcome. Next to the lead, how Samantha Mack is actually anti semit
0: Like, that'll be like the next accusation just because, like, the word Palestine was said. That'll be the accusation. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Don't worry. I can handle anything. It's fine. Hashtag Samantha Mack canceled.
2: <laughs> no. We were
0: canceled for having this podcast. Everything is canceled.
1: T G O M canceled.
0: Cancel us now.
2: <laughs> Don't put that energy out there. Don't do
0: it. No. <laughs> Alice has already determined she's going to be canceled for offensive crayons. I've decided I'm going to be canceled for all the stuff I ever wrote about agriculture.
1: Well, so within a span of a week, I went viral and was banned off of Facebook. So why did you go viral? I went viral because of this little contraption. I am holding a fidget spinner butt plug. (laughs) Now, I have a theory that that could help someone keep
0: their erection for longer because it would distract them, but they'd still be in a vagina.
1: I have a theory that this is a great toy during orgies. And if you don't have anything to do, play with the fidget spinner. If you have an uneven number of men to of holes
0: available, just, you know, plug that in there for a little while and have that just. Okay. Spin. So wait, why
2: did that
1: make you go viral? I don't think many people have seen a fidget spinner butt plug, and I think that's what surprised me more. This little guy, and I'll, again, link it in the show notes, only cost me 25 bucks. I decided to post it on both Facebook and Instagram. On our Facebook, it got, I think, 18,000 shares. What? And, yeah. It's
0: like I saw I got some shares, but I must have not clicked on the page for like a day.
1: <laughs> and then on uh, my Twitter, I think it got like 17,000 shares, what? which I would say is a decent number nowadays. Yeah. yeah, that's not bad for a shiny butt plug. But I'm more furious about why Facebook decided to ban me for a week. It had
2: nothing to do with a butt plug. Nothing it to do nothing with Nothing to do. Okay. You
1: no. just posted a link, right? So what I did was so Vice put out an article about a photographer who photographs couples who are simulating blowjobs. For their wedding photos.
0: Wedding photo blowjobs. Was it a hoax or was it? um...
1: Well, all the couples say that they're not actual blowjobs, but you could see like the pants are off on the guy.
0: Yeah. It's just so it's, you know, in position of doing a blowjob. Ha ha ha.
1: Very funny. But exactly. You just posted the link, didn't you? That's all I did. All I did was just post the link on our Facebook uh, page on the TGOM podcast page and within a day, I'm gone. I'm canceled on Facebook. You're banned for posting an article that like... About fake blowjobs.
0: Vice face, nothing for the everyone else who posted this face, nothing for...
2: What the hell? Are you just in Facebook jail or are you banned? Facebook jail.
1: Facebook jail for seven days. But okay. Facebook jail is the worst because if you haven't been in it before, you can't even message your friends. But you can see your messages, though. Yeah, it's the worst torture. So, And if you don't have someone's number, you can't contact them for however long, whether it's 24 hours a week or 30 days. And I've had the 30-day ban, too.
0: We are far too dependent on Facebook. Like I saw a video a few days ago saying there's an argument for shutting down the entire internet. I'm like, no, 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 no. Just shut down Facebook for like a week and see how people adapt to life without Facebook. And I... I say this thinking that tomorrow my Facebook overlords will shut down Cybabe and be like, oh, you liked those 300,000 followers, didn't you? <laughs> Bye-bye. I think that the company has a little too much power now. And it's because we got dependent on it. We liked the services they had. But now what would happen if it just went
2: away? I think we'd be all right eventually. I'm kind of on this boat. I think if Facebook went away, we would actually connect with each other again. We would get each other's yeah. phone numbers and contact each other. I went in Facebook jail right before a Mexico trip, and all of my information was in those messages.
1: Oh, no. And so
2: I didn't know who to, like, meet on the other side in Mexico. I was at the airport, and I got shut down. fuck. So I had to open a second account and try to recontact all these people again. So now I bounce between two accounts, so I can afford to be in jail on one. Yeah. It's just – annoying, you know? And I have my mom as like a moderator on all of my pages in case I get shut down. My mom can still go in the back end and post for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's having a handful of people who, you know, no matter what someone won't be banned at any given time yeah. and none of these people will ever go nuclear on me. It's,
2: it's an important thing. Yeah, we run an event here in Vancouver called Sin City. And it's a fetish club and we do Ooh. tons of crazy events. I mean, like whatever you think is happening, like times that by 10. Patreon content. And There's 30 Six different moderators on that account just because of the likelihood of us getting shut down for a poster we made or for having oh yeah the wrong word in our poster image or linking directly if you remove the link but you just have the text up you're less likely to get put in facebook jail wow it's when the direct link bubble pops up and click that it could click to anything that could get you in trouble pro tip
0: I still don't know how I've never landed in Facebook jail. Like, I know saying this means tomorrow I'll land in Facebook jail. Just the energy's out there. It's going to happen. But, like, I feel like I've just kept one foot on the don't put me in jail side of the line. I've just managed to
2: skate by it. But it feels like I should have by now. Well, you're very lucky. I'm very experienced in Facebook jail, unfortunately at instagram jail the amount
0: of people i've said should fuck off and that we should have a guillotine for the rich at this point somebody
2: should have thrown me in facebook oh no jail. violence okay you could yell at somebody violence is okay but if you have boobs yeah you'll okay. get shut down in a heartbeat i was completely removed for wearing a dress on a red carpet that they thought was inappropriate
1: what yeah. stop
2: yeah no explicit sexual content and it was me in a custom-made gown on a red carpet
1: Okay, I need to see this
2: gown first off because you probably looked hot in it. I did. Now, it was custom made. It wasn't necessarily— Now we should
0: have that picture for, like, the featured image for the show. I bet you I can find this. I just—I can't believe that. I mean, I can because fuck everything, but
2: I was exaggerating a little with talking about the guillotine. Just a little. My husband has the same picture posted because it's a red carpet image, and his is still up, but mine got us banned.
1: What? Yeah. You're too voluptuous for Facebook to handle. Can you guys? Oh, you look absurdly good. Oh, wow. I've you seen that image before. I love it. Oh, it's on Getty okay. Images as well. Wow. <laughs> I'm linking to this in the show notes. That custom dress is perfect.
0: It's. I'm just saying, I've seen Beyonce at a thing that covers a similar amount. I'm curious why that was all right. And yet... <laughs> And yet. That covers more than a bikini, but
1: because it was a dress, it was too sexual. Yeah, fun times with boobs. Aww. Uh Bikini Boom. versus lingerie. I mean, both lead to sex.
2: One's just coarser. But it also is like, if you have more followers, they're more likely to be strict on you. If you have yeah. less followers, they're less likely. More followers
0: means there's going to be like the sensitivity level. You are you have a bigger net. Eventually, it also means there are going to be more people that are going to be like, I just don't like this click report. Yeah. It depends on the following. When my page started, I I realized like early on, like I forget where the following was, but like I went from like thirty thousand to about a hundred thousand overnight from an article going viral, and the whole tone of the page changed. Like people, I had to get used to people being like, I don't like this, unfollow, and like luckily it wasn't a lot of reporting, but. The bigger the audience is, the more people are going to be like, I fucking hate
2: you, report for nothing. Mm -hmm. Why with boobs, though? Why would people be anti-boobs? I don't know if you guys can see this guy. So this is a skeleton sitting in a chair holding a dildo with a bottle of lube next Ah! to him. (laughs) (laughs) And that was to advertise like our Halloween film sets. And mine got removed immediately. But that's on my husband's Instagram. It's uh And it's They're fine? happy with it. They think it's funny. What the hell? Because <laughs> a dude posting a, a dick is okay, but a girl, no, no.
1: A skeleton with a dildo and lube. Yeah. Oh, my God. How dare it? <laughs> I hate everything.
0: Instagram, what the fuck? This is my third account now? So. And you're not the first uh, person we've had on that's told us this. We've had a few people tell us their Instagram accounts or their friends' Instagram accounts have been shut down.
2: Yes. So... Luckily, there's an organization in LA of adult performers that they actually spoke to the heads of Instagram and was like, hey, people are being banned for the wrong reasons. And a lot of BBW women are getting banned because the amount of skin percentage that they're showing, even though they could be completely covered in the important areas, wearing a sports bra and like yoga pants, the amount of skin showing is more than a thin girl. Therefore, she gets brought down for being showing too much skin. That's not okay. And it comes down to not sexual being sexual or sexually explicit. It comes down to just body shaming. She has more yeah. square inches of skin than the other girl, therefore it's not okay, and that sucks. What the hell? From my
0: highest weight, I've lost about ninety five pounds, and I, I look, congratulations. You know what? I it's I, it's weird accepting congratulations on just you know being smaller. It's like I, I I'm healthier, I guess, but you know, same human being, just different eating habits. But like, I look at it and go. People treat you differently. It's weird that some clothes are acceptable now that weren't then. And I, I don't think that's okay. I don't think it's okay to treat people. Like we treat fat women terribly in this society. And like I grew up fat and people treat me differently now. Like I'm a better, nicer human being who's more worthy of love. Um, and that's not cool. Oh, it's
2: it's totally true though. What your experience is 100% real.
0: People treat conventionally attractive skinny women differently. And Mm -hmm. since I moved to San Francisco for two years, moved back to LA, and since I've gotten back, I've been thinner. I've been treated differently. It's very strange. But yeah, that's just seeing it manifested in how people are treating your body on Instagram. It's like, ah, it's just, it's disgusting.
1: Well, here's a question. How much of it is part of the algorithm and how much of it is a person reviewing it because there are people who are content moderators who are reviewing the content and censoring this which is a problem but I'm sure there could probably be algorithms who are figuring this out but that as I say that out loud it still doesn't make any sense compared to if like a skinny bitch is wearing a fucking bikini it, mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense. There shouldn't be a problem for wearing a bikini at any size. By the way, if you're a skinny bitch, I hate you. It's just because I can't be a size two and
2: I enjoy pizza a lot. <laughs> One thing I did is in my, in my 10 years of being naked on the internet, I have been both 140 pounds and 240 pounds. And I have made, I wouldn't say an equivalent amount of money, but... The size doesn't matter. Your fan base just changes. Interesting. People like all sorts of sizes. I never lost fans because I was heavier or lost fans because I was thinner. The audience just changed. And both have been exceptionally profitable. Yeah. People like a little bit of everything. It's just who you're advertising to, which is why I say there's always this place for everybody.
1: Exactly. You know, there's that guy
2: out there who just wants to suck your farts. He doesn't care how big your ass is. <laughs> but it's, it's your level of comfort with your body is what's going to be the positive reaction to other people. If you're upset about being heavy, then they're going to be like, yeah, you're heavy, that's bad. But if you're like, yeah, I got a big bottom, you like this, and they're going to be like, yeah, I like that. You really start the conversation. So if people are treating you differently, it might be because you're treating yourself differently. This is a very good point.
1: Unfortunately, as women, we're kind of shamed at a young age when it comes to our bodies. And I feel like a lot of men don't necessarily experience it the same way. I mean, yes, don't get me wrong. There are advertisements where constantly you'll see like an attractive or muscular guy, but not never. I feel like growing up to the same extent as... You've always seen the same type of woman on all the different types of advertisements. And if you just have a little extra, men in most advertisements aren't really told
2: to lose weight. However, for women, it's a problem. You know, what's fun about that is that's where the Internet changed when it comes to porn because of clip sites and fan sites and cam sites. We have now opened up the idea of the perfect woman from being the thin size two, big fake boobs, blonde hair, blue eyes, doesn't have a thought in her brain, what wants to suck your dick. Oh, yeah. That was what was hired. You're welcome. That's what I am. now it can be uh, a tattooed girl, a girl with a big fat ass. You have
1: at
0: least one thought in your brain, Alice. Oh,
2: it's true. I saw two. At least one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure as I'm going down on a guy, he's like, I love you for your brain. (laughs) all right sorry sam so going back he loves it for how fast
0: it's ramming against his cock that's what he loves about it at that moment you should just stop halfway
2: and ask him
0: do you love me for my brain honey Yeah, sure. Just get back to slogging that thing against your tonsil holes, okay? Please. I just want it good and sloppy. Just get in there. Don't forget the balls. I don't care about your brain right now, as long as your brain is functioning in a way that tells it how to blow a thing.
1: So Sam, do you think that the body positivity movement could have even just stemmed from more clip sites coming onto the scene? And Because we all know that porn, when it comes to change, whether it comes to a lot of technological advances, I mean, porn kind of does it First, you know, whether it's VHS, DVDs, when it comes to doing webcams, uh, hell, cryptocurrency, VR, you know, porn's always at the front of everything. Do you think the body positivity movement kind of started with porn?
2: Oh, you know what? I would not be surprised in the least. I think that that's a very real scenario. We saw a huge influx in tattooed girls when. Suicide Girls became a thing Wow! when all of a sudden that was something that was lusted after and was made for your Spank Meg material. Burning Angel made punk porn a thing. Tattooed girls, pink hairs, shaved heads. And we just had Joanna Angel on and she was wonderful. Yeah, Joanna Angel is one of the first big name people that I ever worked with. She's super fun. But I think she had a lot to do with changing the porn culture's mind of what sexy is. And I think that that opened the door for a lot – a lot more variety of women. You know, you, if you can be yeah. a punk and you can be sexy, you can be a nerd and you can be sexy. You can be a cupcake chef and be sexy. Like it's not just one idea anymore. And people like Joanna Angel were the forefront of that. I
0: require my cupcake chefs to be sexy.
2: Well, as you should. <laughs> just,
0: just
1: saying. But I it's, I think if you're making me a cupcake, you're automatically
0: sexy. So. Oh,
1: so speaking of cupcakes, I have a business idea and If you're a listener of this podcast, you're not allowed, you're contractually obligated to never steal this business idea because you're listening to this podcast and I'm telling you so. She's
0: already trademarked it. There's a website, like she's partnered with Monsanto on it or something. Who knows? Okay. So the
1: idea is it's a bakery and it's a strip club. It's called Shake and Bake. Oh no. Oh yes. We're doing this
0: and, and wait, it's a dispensary too. Shake and bake. Whoa. Come on, come on, come on. That's a you, know, you know this is a good idea.
1: Look, all I'm saying is if you're already going to call a girl cupcake, why not bring you a cupcake?
2: We actually fired a girl at a strip club for smashing a cupcake during a strip show <laughs> because it was a chocolate cupcake and it looked like poop smeared down her tits. <laughs> and it left any oil-based product is not your friend at a strip club. And the icing oh made like a slick on oh, the stage. Oh, shit. Yeah. So
0: you're saying vanilla with like meringue
2: frosting would have been acceptable. It's just not poo colors and preferably not oil-based products. <laughs> we want you to swing around the pole. We don't you to swing off of it. <laughs> So if you're
0: listening and you dance, please, no chocolate cupcakes. At least not in my club.
2: That'll get you in trouble.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Stick to the normal foods that are used for dancing, like sardines, obviously.
2: Pineapple on pizza. Yes. No. Yes. Pineapple (laughs) does belong on pizza. Fight me. Yes.
0: Yes. Thank you. I knew I liked you. Oh, don't you take my pineapple away. People who don't like pineapple on pizza are truly why the terrorists are going to win.
2: I believe I had sex in a Burning Angel film because there was pineapple on a pizza. There has to be a story on this, and I need it. Um, One of the first Burning Angel videos I did for Joanna Angel was I was a pizza delivery girl. Nice. And using the pizza delivery box, like the thermal case, from my (laughs) father-in-law, from when he was a pizza delivery boy. So, you know, there was some... (laughs) Heirlooms in that video, but um, no, I brought I brought an American, Owen Gray, I believe is his name. I brought him a Canadian pizza. It had pineapple on it, and it had Canadian bacon. Canadian bacon. And he was like, "This isn't bacon," and we argued about it. And I was like, "But there's pineapple, and that make like, your cum taste good." And he's like, "Well, why would you want that?" And I was like, "Oh, well, welcome to Canada," and I sucked his dick um, because porn logic. That's how Canadian pizza delivered people treat you when you come to Canada. We give you a Canadian pizza and suck your dick.
0: I'm just saying that never happened in Nova Scotia and I feel robbed. But given that it was Pumnico and I'm related to everyone there, maybe that's why that's a policy in Pumnico
2: that they don't do it. Perhaps. I did it in Vancouver. So maybe you need to come to Vancouver and then have me deliver your pizza. <laughs> I want that delivery service. You actually need to watch the pizza delivery Burning Angel porno video that i did because oh i try to do a nova scotia accent the whole time
1: <laughs> oh my god i'm so excited
2: it comes out a little in minnesota but
1: wait what is a nova Scotia accent
2: nova scotia but you're a and a bootin oh yeah oh yeah don't you know oh there's a lot of don't you know don't you know uh, i just at that point i loved being a character in all my films like i love <sighs> being i love the silliness of it and that's one of the reasons i like oh, yeah. so much is because they did really silly parodies yeah. These are the
0: porns we like to review or the ones that get – there's a, an actual plot. And we we dig when people stay in character during the fucking.
2: Joanna got mad at me. Not well, She didn't get mad at me. But halfway through, she's like, stop it. Because he was like fucking me. And I was like, oh, gosh darn. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. She's like, stop it. Just moan. I'm like, okay. Oh my God. It's
1: not Canadian porn unless you're saying sorry constantly. <laughs> sorry. Sorry.
2: I'm so sorry. Don't you know? Sorry.
1: More
0: maple syrup. More. <laughs> more. Give me the maple syrup, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh.
2: So oh sticky. Oh.
0: <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, Jesus. I give you full permission no. to criticize my Nova Scotia accent in that entire porno. Don't worry. It's, it's probably better than, than whatever I can do. <laughs> We had this thing for a while,
0: the Horat Challenge. And to listeners who have heard this every time, just click 30 seconds ahead so you don't have to hear it again. Uh, so from watching uh, Tommy Pistol doing the Borat parody Horat, and he stayed in character the whole time, I just want someone to, like, in that moment when they or their partner is about to come to call out, there nice and yes. see if they can hold their erection. So that was why we loved the Vice documentary and you so much. I'm like, oh, my God, this is like the Horat Challenge over and over again to see if people can
1: keep their erection during, you know, extreme conditions. So now I remember there was something you mentioned in the documentary. You said there was a difference between VR and POV recording. Yeah.
2: What's the difference? So virtual reality is a specific type of camera that we use to shoot VR, whether we're shooting 180 or 360. It's a stationary camera, whereas POV, the camera can sometimes move with you. If you're doing like a vor fetish, for example, you might talk directly to the camera as if it's the tiny little man trying to escape you. And then you can pick up the camera and show it to the inside of your mouth and threaten that you're going to swallow him or whatever. Vore, it's a fun fetish. Well, would you like to describe it for our audience? Yeah, give them a quick rundown. Vore is a fetish we often encourage beginners to use because it's very, I wouldn't say non-sexual, but it's like a foot fetish. It's less sexual than others. So with vore, it's about eating and swallowing. And a lot of times it mixes with giantess where the viewer is shrunken down to a small size and you are the giantess. And you put them in a sandwich and you eat them. Or the video I'm doing right now is a fellow who's trying to hide behind a grape. And I realize I dropped the grape on the ground and I go to pick it up and I'm about to eat it. And it, the sexual tension for the viewer comes from that point where he sees my mouth open, my teeth, my uvula hanging down, the spit in my throat. And he knows that that's his final moment. And that's where they get off on vore. Sometimes they want you to slowly eat them from their toes to their head and describe what their body is feeling. Sometimes they do it Whoa. as a way of nourishing the goddess body. They're making the ultimate sacrifice for the goddess that they appreciate and love so much. But yeah, vore is about eating and chewing and your uvula lot in your throat and swallowing. And every time you Whoa. eat on camera, you're supposed to do it with your lips open. So you can watch your teeth mash around. It's it's not sexual That's for everyone, a... but for those who like it, they pay well for it.
0: So it's a fairly unsexualized thing that people are really into. I
2: whew. It's more of a like psychological fetish than it yeah. is physical or emotional.
0: Wow. I'm fascinated and I, I don't want to kink shame. I just I I'm this is something that like I think it's the thing where if you're not into it, you just do not get it at all. And you know what? As as I was taught very early on in my kink life, your kink is okay. Don't judge other people's kinks because other people would
2: look at yours and go, huh? So, And a lot of people who are starting out with their own fan sites will get custom video requests from people who have these very unusual fetishes. Not that they're unusual in a bad way, but that they're less popular. And when you're new on the internet, people come to you, oh, wiggle your toes for me. Okay, now wiggle your toes, but pour lotion on them. Okay, now wiggle your toes and smash a banana into the ball of your foot. Like They will send you these little customs that you think are nothing, so you'll do them for a low amount of money because you don't understand that they're that's oh. very sexual for them. It seems non-sexual to you because, oh, it's just my feet. It doesn't matter. Or, oh, I'm just pretending to eat a grape. It doesn't matter. But what we don't realize and what we've learned through this evolutionary process is that These kinks are very important to people who have these fetishes. And so if you become a master at it, if you can understand the fetish and film it in a way that's very enticing, you can become the best for fetishist or giantess fetishist or femdom or whatever it is that you're into or perhaps that you're good at portraying on camera. I do a lot of fetishes that I'm not personally into but I will perform them exquisitely on camera because I like being an actress.
1: (laughs) I feel like people definitely undervalue porn stars as actual actors. And that's the thing. You guys act so often and frequently, especially as you just described, you do fetishes. And you do them in such a way where for the viewer, they're watching and they're like, that's exactly my kink. But you may not either be into it or you just know how to perform it really well. You might be the best vor
2: or giantess fetishist out there. Yes, and that's the goal is to be the best at whatever you want to do. We do – one of our porno boot camp classes is about specifically that. Wow. We show a side-by-side image of a sexy nurse in a porno and then a nurse actually in the ER, And we're like, there is a difference between reality and fantasy. And there is a difference between showing – a kink and then showing a kink for the viewer.
0: Do you show a picture of Nina Hartley when she was actually working as a nurse versus Nina Hartley in a nurse costume? Because I think that would be perfect. I did not know Nina Hartley was a nurse. She was, I (laughs) I don't know if she's still an RN. She might like, we had her on the show and we talked about that, but yet, indeed, kind of what got her into porn, she said, was she was working as an RN and she connected uh, giving birth to sexuality and it's a whole long rant. She went on the show and it was wonderful, but yeah, she started off her career as a nurse. She's, I mean, we knew she was was brilliant, but episode yeah, episode
1: 13. We had her on
0: really early and she put up with 40 minutes of our audio. She was trying to get her connected, wow. and she was so lovely. And so, what she talked about was so brilliant. She
2: is like the nicest person,
0: she's fantastic. So,
1: by the way, I have figured out what nurse porn is. Yes, so all of you nurses out there can absolutely attest to this. And you can, you know, correct me if I'm wrong info at twogirlswonmike.com. You know, the email, okay? You guys, you're into veins, okay. Finding a fucking vein for to put a needle into. So muscular arms with veins in them. That's nurse porn. Phlebotomy. Tell me I'm wrong.
0: <laughs> I know someone who used to do, um, I need to figure out a way to phrase this. Out. Enemas. She was into enemas and wearing a nurse costume. That was one that I remember early on in my kink education. And I was like, whew, that one's a fetish too far. But I'm fascinated and I want to know more. I love enemas. I find them to be, how should we
2: phrase this, useful before another activity. Yes. That's kind of how you get into it. (laughs) It starts off as a necessity and then it becomes awesome.
0: One day we're going to make a complete wash your junk kit and it's going to have an enema bulb in there and people are going to be like, what's the,
2: oh. Yes. That's another course. we That's in the anal class that we do. Nice. We have this lovely gay fellow come in and he talks all about. How to do an enema, the different types that you can get, and when you've gone too far and you've used too much liquid, and how long it could delay your process of getting ready. I need to know. How do you know when you've gone too far? Well, there's a suggested amount listed in the instructions, and when you go beyond that, um, there's a bend in your innards, and once you go over that bend, gravity doesn't help you anymore. Gotcha. And you filled yourself up with so much liquid, so now you're you're draining out beyond the level that's necessary and it could take a much longer time to get you cleaned out because you've gone into deep cleaning mode and it wasn't necessary. So one bulb at a time. One bulb at a time. That's what I like to do. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't know if there was a max number of
0: bulbs uh, successively, I think is the word I'm using there.
2: Well, there's also a difference between like You could fill up, like we have the bottles and you could fill up with one bottle, flush it out, fill up the bottle again, make sure it's clean until it comes out clear. Or you could put a bottle in, hold it, put a second bottle in. That's when you get into a little bit dangerous territory, but it's also good for deep cleaning. So you mean each to each their own. Happy assholes to everyone. Yes. We want a clean working surface. (laughs) And that's something that we're touching on. We're doing a boot Camp orientation this Friday and next Saturday where anyone who's curious is welcome to come down and have a Q&A with us. We've got videos. We've got some funny entertainers coming in to talk about all these things to answer everyone's questions. One of the things we talk about is how to be prepared for set. Do you need to clean out your asshole before you come to every single set? Not necessarily. Like, What's important to do? And like the amount of men I've had to send back, and women, be like, oh, you need to go wash your bits before you pull those out. Wash your junk. There's people who don't know why we have baby wipes on set. They think it's hilarious. Somebody in the YouTube comments on the Vice documentary was like, oh, this guy's using a penis pump next to a bunch of baby wipes. That's gross. He must be a dad. And I was like, no, we use baby wipes to wipe our folds and our ins and our outs because it's safe on our genitals. Yeah. I worry about the people having sex who don't know how to use a wipe on their bits. How do people not know to just
0: wash your junk? This is vital and necessary
2: before you mash bits with someone else just out of courtesy. But there's a lot of sheltered courtesy. people out there, even into their 20s and 30s. Yes. I've come across a lot of dicks now doing porno boot camp and I a lot of vaginas, but the dicks are most memorable. And I've met three men whose foreskin will not retract at all. And when it does, you just see the very, very tip of their dick. And if you touch it, they go into convulsions because the head of their cock is so sensitive. And two of them were raised very religious and were told never to masturbate. And so as a 25 and 30-year-old man, they could not pull down their foreskin even when flaccid. And they were constantly getting infections and they just thought that's just how a dick works because they never had that oh open God. conversation with an adult or a parent. This
0: poor guy. And so it's
2: me going, whoa, dude, your dick needs some work. <laughs> it's what got them going to a doctor and having the balls to have that conversation. Wow. That is
1: incredible. Okay. So if you're religiously oppressed. that's your dank. Please start. Please. She's a dick exorcist. A dick-sorcist. I would mean,
0: have a lot of business cards. We're racking them up for you. Depending on who you're talking to, different
2: business card. Someone online made me something that said I'm the the dildo wielder because there's a part in the documentary where I'm shaking a double ended dildo, which is a joke about Dick Celsius or a video we did a long time ago. A stepdad comes in, he picks up the double ended dildo and he goes, What is this? And it's wiggling back and forth. It's the funniest thing I've ever shot. However, like I said before, the stepdad we don't do anymore because it had other fans that I don't want to encourage. Yeah. But that one moment where he's, what is this? And the dildo's shaking back and forth. It's the funniest thing I've ever done. Oh, my God. If you've never shaken a double-ended dildo, do yourself a favor. Go to the sex store. buy one, will get a double-ended dildo. And just shake it around like a mad fury, and you will feel so much better. Like, that should be in every therapist's office. You can't not laugh. It's just the funniest thing. (laughs) It's funnier than a rubber chicken. I'm sorry. You cannot stay angry.
0: Especially if it's a pink one with glitter on the inside of it. That's a
2: funny object. It's an intrinsically humorous article of junk. We've had one in our studio for three years now. It was bought for one of Annalise's film sets a long time ago, and it's just lingered. It's always around <laughs> somewhere. We try to get rid of it, we can't. It just keeps showing up. But if you're angry, we tell people, just shake the dick because you cannot stay angry while this <laughs> double-ended dill is flapping around in your face. So, <sighs> so yeah, forget stress balls, get a double-ended dildo, you'll be a happier person. You can thank me later. <laughs> In counseling sessions,
1: you have to hold the double-ended dildo to speak.
2: Yeah. The t- the talking I, I'm gonna start buying
0: those for friends that are stressed out, just going buying cheap double-ended dildos and being like, here you go. Just you're you don't it isn't gonna solve anything. It's not gonna make your problems go away, but you'll laugh a bit. You'll be a lot happier with your problems. Oh it's, and if you clean it off, it has another use. <laughs> Even two. Oh, (laughs) the
2: things those dildos have seen.
0: Nobody no. the trouble it's seen.
2: Our double-ended dildo in our studio, uh, you know, is the OG dildo because it has this weird pink stain down the side, which came from a feather boa. I swear it was packaged with a feather (laughs) boa. The color from the feather boa leaked onto the, the dildo. But every time we're playing with it, everyone's like, why is there pink stuff on it? I'm like... It's never whatever you think it is. I swear to God. It's the dye from a feather boa. <laughs> we killed a
0: crux of one of the, uh, the previous porn stars that stained it. <laughs> That's
2: my theory. That's going to be in like the board game one day. Like the Q&A about Samantha Mack when I'm finally famous enough to have a board game. It'll be like, why is Samantha's double-ended dildo dyed pink?
1: Because it was in Jenna Jameson.
2: Oh! Oh, hey. <laughs> Oops. Jenna Jameson's actually one of the reasons I do porn now. Really? Yes. How'd that happen? What, what is your origin story? A long time ago. So I was 18 and I was given Jenna Jameson's How to Make Love Like a Porn Star book mm. oh. by the uncle of a kid that I babysat for. Wow. <laughs> so there's a whole nother story. So I was given this book and I started reading it because I was 18 and who doesn't like things about porn when you're 18? And she talked about how... In the book, she talked about falling down drunk and losing money because she was so high and all of those things. And I had chosen at a young age, at age 14, I d- learned what being straight edge was. And I decided that I wanted to be straight edge. So I got the straight edge tattoo and I never drank or did drugs or smoked my entire life. And I, wow, not true. I did try cigarettes to try and be cool and it clearly did not work. So I
1: apologize for drinking wine <laughs> for this entire No, podcast. you can drink. I don't
2: drink. Okay. <laughs> I don't care if you drank. Um, But yeah, no, I chose to like have this very straight, clean life. And because of Gemma Jameson's book, I was just like, wow, if she could do all of that because she just had the drive to do it. Like she pulled her own braces off to get the job at the strip club and she decided to like push herself and make herself famous. Cool. The only place she failed was that she got drunk and high and fucked it all up. And I was like, well, I don't get drunk or high, so I could do all this and not fuck it up. Interesting. So that book was like my motivating factor to like do whatever I want and become whoever I want and be as bold as I want knowing that as long as I didn't drink or do drugs that I could probably hold it together enough to be successful at it. And um, I still have her book and like read it to this day because it's a good book. It's hilarious. And it's full of great stories. But I am very much blaming her book for making me the confident business minded girl that started off as a stripper, not knowing what she was doing and literally faked it till I made it. And now 10 years later, I'm teaching people how to play with their dicks.
1: That's amazing. I love it. Out
2: of curiosity, do you do webinars? Webinars. I don't, but that is on my to-do list. That's one of the things we're talking about right now. I hired, I finally hired an assistant to help me coordinate everything. And one of the things she's pushing me towards is webinars and eBooks so that people don't have to necessarily come to my class to hear about it. Because people do like hearing about playing with dicks and stretching vaginas. They like these things. They're interesting. You don't necessarily want to become a porn star. You don't necessarily want to open a clip store, but you might want to shake a double-ended dildo. So these are things that are on our horizon that hopefully we will do. And then, of course, followed by a TED Talk and a masterclass, obviously. Obviously. And then
1: your own line of dildos, um, specifically double-ended ones. With a pink stripe on them.
2: With for therapeutic reasons only. <laughs> at every therapist's office in Nova Scotia. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me, mom. I made it. <laughs> I have an aunt who's going to be
0: blushing her way through therapy. Yes. Sorry, Taunt Chanel. It was my fault.
1: But in all seriousness, I would love if you came out with, honestly, a web series, because that's something that I know for myself, who's in New York, Yvette's in L.A., you know, we can't readily fly to Canada as much as we'd like. So to have the access, I mean, I would love to, you know, instead of paying for a flight, the hotel and et cetera, to come out there, I wouldn't mind paying for a class online just so I can learn what I need to learn and know how to do it right i
0: need to know how to look good on camera when i'm having sit se- wait that's not what i want to i want to learn all the no, different I do. like <laughs> i want to know what's in this class too like I, th- these are things that i think people are curious about period so i mean if we're not the only ones who want to know
2: and i mean i've got a ton of people asking me like if they can come from eastern canada or from the states i had somebody from tanzania message me and i was like oh don't bother coming it'll be a waste of your money like we're just doing an info session, like stay where you are. So I want to be able to expand and reach people that physically cannot be here in my presence. But that is not where we're at this week. (laughs) That is a future project. It's on the list. Yes. We've evolved a lot and I I know that this is going to continue to evolve and we're at a point now where like I could watch a couple have sex and give them tips and pointers on how to do it better on camera. But now we're at a point where like I'm bringing in professionals to teach things that even I'm not necessarily the best at because they're important. Like... Anal sex, not a class I can teach. If I've done two DVDs called All Anal, Volumes 1 and 2, and my scenes are not good. <laughs> I literally ripped my asshole open before one of the scenes and then still did the scene, like squinching through pain the whole time. And it oh, still no. made it to the DVD for some reason. And now my husband's scarred for life and he'll never fuck my asshole again. So... If there's an asshole fucking volunteer out there, I need your help. Stunt asshole. You need a stunt asshole. Well, I still want to have anal sex, but he's so scarred from filming this scene with me, knowing that my ass was ripped open from stretching the night before. And it's a a whole bunch of things could go wrong. But through this process of me learning by trial and error, I can save a lot of other people from having the same mistakes. And I can help them be more successful. So learn from my mistakes, but also... In a situation like anal sex, don't learn from me. We will bring in a professional who is an anal acrobat who can give you the real insider information and hidden tips and secrets to be successful at anal sex because I was not successful. Oh.
0: Yeah, anal sex can be wonderful and amazing, or it can go horribly wrong. Oh, yeah. So Take the steps. Do the work. It's just there's diligence required, but your patience will be rewarded. That is my glowing recommendation for the butt sex.
1: If you're listening to this podcast and you haven't had anal sex yet and you want to explore anal, start with a picky. Seriously. Start small. Start small. Because size matters. Don't be ambitious. Like, you know how
0: people are telling you to be motivated and ambitious? Don't do that with butt sex. No. Go low
1: and slow. Do you guys understand how ambitious Yvette and I are? Very. Let's let's take it back. Do you know how ambitious Alice is and how I kind of do the
0: minimum required and show up and just spout out funny as necessary? I worked as hard as I needed to for an A minus and it worked out. We're both telling you, start tiny. Start tiny. However much lube you think you need, double it, triple it. That is how you will not fuck this up, probably. And don't be afraid of the enema. Embrace the enema. We want you to to enjoy all your holes that you want
1: to enjoy. So, Sam, this has been awesome speaking to you. Where can
2: our listeners find you and more of you and your content and your porno boot camp? So you can find more about porno boot camp at macmodels.ca because we are Canadians.ca. Everything that I film and produce, I put on macmovies.ca First, because we provide our Canadians with Canadian content first and foremost. And then you can follow us on MacMovies.com if you'd like to join our membership site, which gets content throughout the week casually. But if you want it first, you go to MacMovies.ca because you know what? Somebody's got to put Canadians first. Oh. Other than that, I'm all over the social media at the Samantha Mac. Spelt like the truck, not like the makeup. And I am. Um, Wait, there's a truck? The Mac trucks? The big oh, giant. M A C K, the big semis? No. You don't know your big long. <laughs> Every so often,
0: we stumble across a, a gap in Alice's knowledge of, of general terminology, but it happens to me too.
1: I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with semi trucks. You're what? not? <laughs> Just Mack trucks. You truck? don't know about long distance trucking? How is this not a thing that you've
0: researched in depth in your, in, in your education, Alice? I am disappointed in
1: you. I'm sorry. I know about 16 wheelers in other capacities. Wait, what other
2: capacities? We'll discuss that on Patreon content. Okay. But yeah, I'm, on, I'm the Samantha Mac. I'm on everything except Instagram, which has put me in jail a few times. So now my new account is the Samantha Mac
0: underscore. Oh, Instagram, you're fun.
2: But yeah, we also have like the Mac Models on Instagram. We've got the Mac Models and Mac Movies on Twitter. Anything the Mac related we've got. And do you also have the Big Mac? No, that is copywritten. That is, I am not allowed to have the Big Mac. God damn it. Jerks.
1: Um, By the way, we have more of this conversation over at Patreon. So just by the way, some of our patrons we want to thank this week. Haxor, Stephen Jones, Wendy Cornwall, Therese LaSalle, Torjman Kahlstrom, Scott Fendley, Sam Montouf, Neil Simpson, Neil Hallstrom, My Humble Assassin, Mike Sorbetsko, Matthew Colt, McAngus, and many, many others. And if you want to become a Patreon yourself and hear more of this conversation, just hop on to with twogirlswithMike. It's also in the show notes, so just click on it, you know, help support the show help support the editing and you know keep the lights on help us eventually break into the black okay we're one day
0: because we we're, we're getting there with your help I will we will one day be able to afford things we're paying for we can do this
1: one day to group effort help us pay for our porn one day I'll be able to afford more than just a fidget spinner butt plug <laughs> we want two fidget spinner butt plugs so Yvette where can our listeners find you by the way
0: Y'all can find me at the SciBabe on Instagram and Twitter and over at Facebook.com slash SciBabe, where I am snarky and sciency and occasionally political. Alice, where can people find
1: you and our uh, social media for the podcast? So, guys, go to com. We have all the social media, to Twitter, to the Facebook there, also the Patreon, of course. But myself, you could find being snarky and with butt plugs, I guess at Rational Blonde on Twitter. Thanks for joining us this week and we will see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.